Welcome to a common denominator, a place where the learning never stops, a place where you can continue to gain vital knowledge even outside of a classroom. In fact, it's what it means to be an autodidactic human. Now, I imagine that the phrase that I don't want to be praised for being black probably raises a lot of questions in and of itself, but there's a very solid and sound reason for it, I assure you, and it is, like, it, it's all of this is actually prompted from, a, believe it or not, a question that my partner asked me not too long ago that I haven't been able to get over. You know, instead of asking me, like, what time period would you like to live in and stuff like that, like, I've been basically, like, uh, for, I guess for context, my partner is not from this country uh she's not she's not natively born from this country and so thusly has to has to been has been filled in on our nation's history pretty much in the last 10 years as to like how we've gotten to where we've gotten and while some of these thing issues are not like completely new to her uh the essence of like how far we went just to do what we do is still very surprising and given how much she's learned about about like our segregated a highly segregated area she asked me that question like would you still be with me if we were living in segregated 19 in the segregated 1950s and it prompted a really interesting question because you know i like i've lived in a lot of scenarios or most of my life right now has been based off of my skin color in ways that I have barely been able to explain to people in almost any fashion. And so the reason why that question haunts me just a tad bit is because if it were the 1950s, that would be a very pressurized question. Because my parents even, imagine if we had been younger or my parents were still in the picture kind of a thing, like, neither of us would have had an easy time with that. Like, our entire relationship from every bit of the public eye would have had to have been kept in secret. And even I imagine that my parents, even let's just say that they were both, and given that my parents were both born, you know, just outside of that era in the 1960s, given that my parents don't have any sort of racial prejudice against white people and I didn't grow up with that, would basically mean that almost if there any capacity, if they ever had have resented or resisted this relationship, it would have purely been for it would have purely been for my health, for the fact that, as as it stands, me seeking that relationship would have quickly ended in my death faster than any other result almost, like that risking relationships in that time period, interracial relationships in that time period, I should say was in fact that risky all the time and this is what i wanted to and the reason why i pointed all of that out is because i want to bring in the context of like why it, it seems so like ridiculous uh to be praised for such things because you know i've i've lived i've personally and just in my lifetime have lived in what I would assume, like, I honestly would call a very white world. And that is why I kind of, I had to, like, how, how to put this? I don't, I, don't, I there is a lot that put, there, there was so much that the South kind of put me through 
growing up that I kind of had to leave the country. I had to leave like that part of the country just to get, just to find like a cultural sense that allowed me to feel where my blackness sort of began and ended. And I know that may not sound like it makes sense, but it it did. It was like, it was, you know, when you're in the midst of being, of living in a, a, literally in a society where you're getting mixed opinions from all the people you're with, because most of my friends were white, always have been for the most part. And that's never been something I've like forcibly made. It's just, I also have black friends, I have friends of all kinds. But, you know, I generally was like, when I lived in the South, I generally was the only black person in most given social situations up until probably college. So, like, when you live in this world mixed in with, like, the people that are liberal enough to tell you that, you know, they don't quite get it, but they understand that it exists, amongst the people that say that it does not exist, amongst the people that says that it only exists in your head, you know, that... It is like kind of like, like this is it was such a really difficult time to say that it's like to live through that to have people to literally have people who like don't know exactly how it happens. And then the next point, somebody tell you that, oh, it doesn't happen that way anymore. It literally in the midst of someone who is treating me that way, <laughs> you know, and then doesn't think that it's actually like and, and you know, it, it just it was so hard to say, like, I don't know, to have someone say to have half of the crowd say that your life isn't hard your life shouldn't be hard because everybody gets the same thing the same thing the same treatment and it doesn't matter what color you are and then literally on top of the people who are treating you differently because of your color and when you live in a thickness of that it's so like for me like not originating from this place made it really hard for all of a sudden to see where it began and ended because my childhood was not that dichotic growing up in other places like especially when i left the country like being in other places it was like uh being in other countries most of the time if i was ever getting any attention pointed out to my black skin it was just because i was now in a country where no one physically deviated you know from the genetic pool because that's what everybody is you know like it's not like there weren't like any black people in london you know there were there were black people all over europe but it's just not commonly it was not commonly the places i ended up in and in this part of the country like almost everywhere else except for the southeast being black is almost something that is treated from almost how to put this like assumed but not addressed assumed but not engaged which I want to say is like the the kind of the Northeast. Uh, and then where it is unassuming, but as unassuming, but judged, which is like the Pacific, which is like uh, the Midwest, the North Midwest. Um, and the on the West side, there's just not enough density of black people for there to be a general, like the world on the Western side of everything wasn't necessarily built as much to prevent black people from being in there so thusly so thusly you see that the culture isn't like built around this principle so much and it's a, where i spent a lot of my childhood growing up i lived in california in california you didn't matter if you were black or not like it was about whether or not you were in a gang or not you know and uh, people in gangs that was everybody you know so it just depended on how you decided to treat the people around you a lot of the time plus i mean california is so chill and unassuming about things so it's 
you know, growing up there, black, uh, being black and growing up there did not seem to have any pressurized points. Like nobody asked me any weird questions or thought it was strange for me to dress the way that I dressed or listen to music. And plus I was a kid. So like it was, it was kind of saying a lot, you know, for what kids did. Uh, however, like moving to the South changed all of that perspective for me because the first and the, and it's not something I was unfamiliar with. Like it was something I saw my entire family do you know, like, for the most part, where, which was that whenever, whenever I go to my relatives, they always called me, they always said I was white. They always called me the white kid of the family. And it had nothing to do with anything else other than my, other than my mannerisms and what I chose to, what I chose as my hobbies, uh, you know, what I chose to like. And I never really understood it then, and I still didn't get it growing up. But instead of trying to understand it within myself, I just kind of played along. You know, being called the whitest black person you knew, you know, and I really, it really felt hollow to me because I was never trying to do any of these things to be a white person. But all of a sudden it was like living in the South was like having your blackness constantly challenged by both ends of the spectrum, you know, where um, one end, I was not black enough to be considered uh, to be accepted by the black culture, but in you know, in the white side of things, like, I was, you know, to black culture, I was a white person, but to white people, I was still black, and there was no discrepancy in that, like, it was a constant exchange, it was, like, literally this constant universe that I revolved around, where the more, like, the velocity or in the vicinity of black people, the more black people I was around, the whiter I became, however, but then the, my, wherever, in the opposite direction, or in the opposite pole in this, in this universe, like, when I was still amongst white people, I was always black. Like, there was never a point where white people were just like, you know, like, or at least it, it was either I was black or I was considerably some non-distinct magical creature, I would like to say. And that was like kind of the folks that always were just like, oh, I don't see color. And it's like, but everybody else does. So I'm kind of stuck here. And like, it was kind of this whole, you know, strangeness of like, here I am now in a world where everybody felt like I was the safest black person to talk to and associate with. And, you know, me seeing this kind of attention was just like hopefully hoping to bridge the gap in some of the in some of the knowledge points that there was, but ultimately kind of losing myself in this like universe of like what was, you know, these definitive points of blackness and whiteness. And no matter how many times anybody said I was, a, you know, very, that I was not black enough, like, there were, in the white world, there were literally points where people reacted to my skin color and absolutely nothing else. And no matter what I said or what I did, like, it was just the way I looked. That changed their, that was the determinant of their entire behavior and interaction towards me. And I have plenty of evidence for that. And this world happens simultaneously, you see. And so, like, where this all ties in together, why I left, is because when you go to a place where that doesn't pressurize this so much, it's like why James Baldwin, everybody asks in almost every interview, like, why James Baldwin went, went to Paris? You know, why did you leave the country to go to Paris? And it was for the same reason. You just have to, like, sit in a place where nobody's talking about it constantly. Nobody charges you with this constantly. In order to see, in order to finally see, like... It's just me here, and I don't have to worry about, like, you need some space to just, like, be able to operate where no one's telling you about it. 
where nobody's all of a sudden telling you like you know like constantly reminding you oh you're the only black person in this situation oh you're not acting black enough oh you're really too white oh you're all, all of your attributes are attributed to something that has nothing to do with you as a human being and believe it or not it's really noisy like that when you've lived in a lot of different countries a lot of different cultures or you get thrust into the world that you're not used to like I found I had to leave to find that space. And the context of that, and in finding this space, is sort of the reason why I, like, I now understand why I just don't like the idea of being praised for being black. Is because we only, because literally the only reason we praise it is because we oppressed it. And that's what sucks. That's truly what sucks is because if we hadn't have done that in the first place, we wouldn't have this. You see, like, every time, and I, and I don't even imagine how liberating it must sound to, like, white people to hear about these points in history, in black history, where it's like, here's the first black person to do something. And we're like, that's awesome. This person faced all the odds and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you not know exactly how much this person would have had to have gone through just to achieve what it was and to have that achievement essentially swallowed by everything else with the exception of their blackness i don't think that's a perspective anyone takes because this person achieves history with what they did but the only point or significance in history is the fact that they were a black person doing it. And like what they did oftentimes is an achievement that goes beyond a human capacity, I would say, or like beyond what we would have in a scope of, of people. But yeah, very specifically, we had to praise these people because they had to overcome a much larger amount of odds from a majority, like from an impressive non- as like an oppressive non non colored people community. Like that's that's the whole point. That's the thing. Like I don't I I wanna be seen as a human being. I don't wanna I don't want anyone to care about the fact that I'm black. Because it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't have mattered to begin with. We signed a terrible contract when we created this country by making an emphasis on skin color here. By making an emphasis on race. That was our terrible contract. That was that started from the that started literally since this nation's founding and has become this gigantic snowball that has spread to so many other things that we can't even perceptively see that that is the problem here. Everybody is a human being. And the thing that separates us is actually not even so thick enough to is like not so thick enough to recognize like that. You know, like we we spent so much time saying that black people were lesser that to the point where for us, even accepting some of what would be like most most mediocre things was a point of praise. You know, because in my because the sad point is in a lot of points and like in a, in a large chunk of of my family, of my extended family, me making it into college, not even graduating college is a huge success. Is a huge statistic, regardless of what even the institution of college is, or how it stands, or most of it is freaking is a scam. I would say, like the fact that I made it there, 
was like a huge point. The fact that I graduated high school, the fact that I made it into the age of like 20 something without having any kids, without any in drama or ending up in jail or dead. These are things that people get to do all the time. But somehow in our world, we don't. And so we praised it. And I thought that was kind of crazy for a long time. It's like folks were getting praised for not even doing anything. And I'm not even saying that anyone's accomplishments should be weighed or judged like that. But I mean, it was like we were here's a here's a life or in a world where like, let's just say white people do this all the time, every day, like people like this get this opportunity all the time. And it is such a commonly occurred thing that they don't praise that. But we have to because of a world that was made on top of that. I just don't I just don't like like <laughs> if the ultimate goal is to wipe away all this all, all, all of racism is to destroy if the fact if the, if the if the essence of destroying like things like racism and like sexism and homophobia and all this other stuff if the if the goal is to do that then you, what is the world that comes after you see and the world that comes after means that no one's special for anything anymore like it was you're everybody's human you're doesn't matter what color you are where you came from like the fact that you it's it's about what you did at that point and not about the fact that you were this person first of all that you had to be a demographic that had to overcome all these odds and then do what you did i mean yes that is inspiring that's hugely inspiring but it's also very sad that there has to be things to overcome like that in order to just achieve what Oddly enough, in other people's in, an, in another opposite side of this world, opposite side of the wall or spectrum, there are people who get to do this all the time without any resistance. Like, that's that's what I'm after. It's like, yo, I, I did not care about being the only black person in any, any given situation, but it was something I was constantly reminded of. Constantly. And that's that's the whole thing. That's like that's. You know, that's, to me, why the whole thing is very imperceptible. It's like, to be honest, it's like, it's really weird uh, to me on the other end about, like, why white people are so sensitive about being called, like, pointed out as white people a lot of the time, where, like, this is what happens in the other world, on the other part of the world. It's like, that's what it's like. It's like, if you want to know what it's like to, to be black here, if there's a, if the black experience seems, like, so, like, exceedingly, like, distant and unfamiliar to you, just imagine living in a world where you're so like everybody thinks you're supposed to be something, and every time you deviate, everyone's got to say something about it. Everybody's got to point that out. I think it's like there's no point where you get to just like relax and just be this person that be the person that you are until somebody just like pops up and it's just like that's so crazy that you're doing that. This is what is like this like pure pure point blank of what it was like for me to live in the South. You know, I'm walking around and it's just like I can't believe you're wearing a Led Zeppelin beanie. And it's like, I've never in my life seen a black person wear a Led Zeppelin. It's like, it is cool. It is music. People listen to it. Some people like it. That's crazy. It doesn't matter what they look like. But yeah, it was that was what it was like. It was a constant thing. You talk, though, you, you don't talk like other black people do. You was like, it was hyper focus. It was like, and, in, and my friends and the people that ended up being very close to me were the people who didn't do that. It was, just, it was just like, you're a cool person. And that's that was what I was after all the time. 
because like the people who are capable of just like moving beyond these external factors knowing that the world can look like anybody that anybody in the world can look like anyone else and yet decided that based on these attributes here you know not based on the, what it had to come through or the filter it had to be seen through you know that's that's what it was and i've and i've like i don't can tell the difference the genuine difference between people who can see me and the people who are like using me as an experiment or like as an anti-racism shield because uh, that's happened so many times in my life too is also a reason why i left the south you know people saying claiming that they had a black friend and then their black friend was me the one you know like <laughs> like i was that was me that was that whole situation and and I, like and that was not it never felt comfortable to me never it was just like why are we here <laughs> It's like, you're just like, you don't even know anything about me. You never even tried. And you still carry, and a lot of the times I was just like a scapegoat to say all the racist things you wanted to say, all the prejudiced things you wanted to say, you know, and just to see how I would react because I was the nonviolent one, you know, like I've been the first black person people had ever been in a relationship with, you know, parents freaking out, grandparents freaking out, <laughs> You know, them freaking out. Because, <laughs> you know, they were like the first time. It was the first time for anything, knowing that it was a very taboo thing. And yet none of them ever realizing, and usually never to the point of realizing that I was the one who was being gambled on. I was the one who was in danger. Because I had to like, because we had to skulk around and sneak around in a place where like that hatred was very abundant. That prejudice was very abundant. And we didn't get a chance. And like, and if I messed up, I could have cost my life. And they have like very hardly thought about, you know, I imagine. And yet, like a lot of these people that that like that those feelings were coming from intensely, were like, you know, parents, relatives, like people they were very close to. That I knew that I was never going to be able to develop a relationship with. And it's like, that's, that's the kind of life it gets sentenced to, in fact. And it's like, what I'm thankful for now is that I'm old enough, you know, to where in this world or in this part of my life, like people's parents and feelings of parents and grandparents are literally null and void because I'm finally in a realm of what I feel like to be, which I use adults, which I also put that in quotations because it's a very loose term to me at this point. Um, and yet, you know, I, I don't get, I don't have to deal with that. If I deal with that in my personal life at this rate, it is simply because, you know, it's the person's belief system and not like them trying to fight the belief system of their parents. It may still be a little bit of that, but often I, I really don't meet a lot of people who are like that at this point in my life. A lot of them are just like, yeah, I saw my family and parents was like, you know, complete racist douche, douches and didn't want to deal with that. It's like, yeah, no, I can totally see that. However, it's still just like, you know, I, and, and this, this goes in so many different ways too. It's not just about like being black, but this is just about like living the way one uh, one feels like they should, you know, like if you, it's not just, a, it's not just about like your skin color, but if you wish, like we, we need to be, I'm hoping that one day we get beyond like the external things that people don 
as like the determining factor for a quality of life. That's what I'm after. You know, where if you decide to love who you want to love or go to whatever church you want to go to or be whatever skin color that you're in, that none of that matters. You see, none of that matters where you get to have all that. And that doesn't change anything about like the fact that we see everybody here as human beings, as deserving, you know, as like people who don't get to be disqualified for whatever reason. Like, that's what, that's what I'm after. That's what I'm hoping. This is the reason why I don't want to be praised for it. It's like, if I don't, you know, if the goal is, you know, when people told me they don't see color, the goal is that I want you to see my color and I want that to not matter to you. That's it. You know, that the fact that I'm black doesn't, has never been a determining factor in how any, in any way that you felt about me, you know, or to say that even if it is, it's just because of, it's just a part of me and not the thing. Because that's the way I've looked at everybody else. But it's a filter in the world that I've always kept because it's one of the ways that I've been able to survive in this world. But it's not the one that I cling to. It's just the one I have to remember exists. So the goal is not to be seen in any of these filters or in these lights. And, I mean, it's really hard to do with the way the media still kind of portrays everything in this sense. Like, we can we can... Like, I I swear to God, the year 2016 was, like, how often can the media start, like, a, a race <clears throat> a race riot based on how many colors they can tag in every, in, like, every title, you know? Like, it was, like, immigrants and, you know, criminals and black people, you know, and, like, uh, African Americans. Like, the moment you, you, like, tagged, like, a race onto something, it was immediately, like, just an upcharge, like an uproar. You know, and it's always been like a very big pressure point for us. And one of the reasons, and I feel like that that constant pressure or reminder, like it's more about this than just the constant reminder of where we've come from. That we've like we've only gotten to that point. We've just been like, yes, we did something really bad, and that's it. And it's like that's why it's such been such a toxic relationship with this whole thing. And yes, it has been like it is definitely like we have a, and I, I'm I'm kind of pointing this direction as like the overall situation of where we've come from for this one. My most of my frustration comes with how we've been under a governing system that does not want to that somehow cannot get over its guilt of what it accomplished, and instead constantly tries to cover the truth of what it did, it's supposed to coming clean. And, like, you know, you know what it's like to, like, be in a relationship with someone like that? Like, have you ever dated anybody like that or have been friends with anybody like that? You know, where you're trying to get them to, like, just own themselves and what they've done, but they're always giving you excuses and always dodging questions and but telling you that they're still there and that they still care about you. And it's like, bro, you, you really do not see how this is going. Like, you don't see how this is working. Like, I'm trying to get you to be honest and to get into, like, an open and intimate relationship. And all you're doing is just avoiding that, you know, by believing that, by blaming other people, by, you know, not not accepting your responsibility. And, you know, right now, that's that's always kind of why we, I feel like that's why we're still in the same trap is because the one the one group that caused it. The group, the group primarily responsible for this does not wish to apologize, really. 
I don't really want to apologize. Not only just apology, it's not even just an apology it's after, but just like owning it. Owning up to being like, you know what? Yeah, that was messed up. That was messed up that we started this whole thing. And you know, and you know, I don't I don't ever want to be that kind of person ever again. And you see, like, in fact, where that respirate like giving that's the whole like the big boy move where it's like giving back the land. You know, that's when you've like always all of a sudden you've grown up, that's the big kid move to do. You know, as is like owning up to the, the 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 mess you caused, and just stepping aside. You know that that would be truly what we're after. But instead, we get a world that has to constantly point fingers at what's worse than the other. You know, and saying that this lifestyle and this lifestyle and this lifestyle are things that don't deserve all of these rights. And it was all, in fact, to me, to, like, cover up the fact that we, we did it so blatantly in the very beginning with using an in completely indeterminable force by saying that skin color was the whole, was that whole, that whole determining factor. You know, something you were born with, something you can't do, really do anything about as a human being. You, you don't even get a chance to do anything about being born, more or less being born in the skin that you're in. But here we are, you know, and we decided to write that first contract on this. And when you don't renege that contract for like, you know, 250 plus years, like when you get rid of it, you just start, you have to like, you shuffle it and shift it because you can't change it. You can't, you couldn't change what happened on the ground after a while. You can change legislation, but you built up this generations upon generations of people who saw the superiority or the system of things and couldn't unsee it, you know. And because of this now, hundreds of years later, I get to have a crisis over it, <laughs> you know? Like, history is a thing that constantly... History is a thing to be achieved. Like, by the way, I always hear, like, this phrase about, like, you know, history repeats itself in whatever, but that is... I feel like that's one of those phrases we misuse <laughs> all, all the time. History is something to be achieved. It's the reason why it's not. It's the reason why it constantly feels like it repeats, is because we only remember the points in history where history was achieved, and that's what we write down. When so and so finally did this, the first person to do that, when these things collapsed, when these things were established, that's history being achieved, and that's the reason why we write it down. Well, all the stuff in between that is all the stuff we live through all the time, you know, the 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 media and. The, the flowing, the, the flowing opinions, the social changes, the collapses, like, that's all the stuff that happens in between history. All the points where eventually something is achieved because it all collapses or somebody does finally does something to fix it or something, you know. But either way, I just, like, want to initially, I just want to encourage people to paint um, a much more broader, a much broader scope on how we see these issues of race being portrayed. And I know that it's like really hard because of what I just presented is not a thing. I almost guarantee you like a lot of the black community does not share as an opinion. And I get that, you know. For most of us, it is because of the fact that we've been doing this for so long, for so hard, that 
it finally feels like being given like due rights to finally be praised for something like that. I'm not saying that that isn't wrong or isn't warranted. I'm just saying that the future outside of this, when this is no longer something we have to worry about, is that, you know, it will turn into what you did more so than who you are plus what you did. You know, that's what happens. It's like nobody becomes special anymore. <laughs> and that's okay. I actually think that that's pretty cool. I think it's okay when nobody, when like being viewed as a human being is actually a really cool thing. Where you get to the point where anybody can essentially achieve any goal without any socialized pressure and resistance. You know, that it's okay for, you know, that's just as socially acceptable for this, for person A and person B, regardless of their backgrounds, standings, who they choose to love, what skin color it is, can get to have the same opportunity. We just haven't, and we have not achieved that yet. I don't care, I don't care if anyone says we have not achieved that yet. We just simply haven't, because we can talk about a black woman candidate for president and every half of the opinions that will show up about that being a black woman president versus everything we've done and why everybody's going to move towards that because of this feeling of guilt or whatever it is like guarantee you the discord would tell you otherwise that we have not achieved this yet we have actually a very long way to go unfortunately before i see this ever happening and it's <laughs> yeah gosh it's like sad because it's either going to be through like an entire social collapse or you know, somehow magically us getting our stuff together. And the other one, the latter, unfortunately, feels much more like a miracle because it would require like a massive group effort from the only part of our society capable of changing things at the moment. You know, and it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it would take like a large chunk of society to do it. I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm just saying that. Hmm. It is. It seems like a difficult tug either way for us for this to happen. If for it in order for something like this to happen naturally, I just find it to be a much longer, shorter path, I should say. But yeah, hopefully this is to encourage said path. All right. Well, that's all for you, autodidactic people, for now. If you like what you heard, please leave a like or a comment. If you want to discuss further, go ahead and do so. I would definitely love to hear from a lot of you on some of these subjects, as as well as if you have an interest on being on the show, please let me know. I will absolutely love to have you here. I am a huge fan of everybody's perspectives and uh, just sharing knowledge in general. This is a very fun task for me. And if you want to leave a donation, I totally would love that. Um, help help the show going. I would love to start trying to bring in other people, other experts on things. I'm also working on a housing project right now, trying to build an all-age venues for artists, for young artists and the like, um, especially in small-town places where people don't get to... Uh, where the only place people can get to practice their art is just in a bar, and I just don't think that's cool. So... If you want to leave a donation try to help us get started on that i would totally appreciate it but otherwise i just need you to do me a solid favor and just never stop learning you don't need a classroom to do that you know <laughs>